103.3 The Goat. I don't care how fast you are or how big you are. Somebody's going to be faster and somebody's going to be bigger. The greatest sports talk of all time. Buckle up, boys. Time to go to work. 103.3 The Goat. Welcome back into the great Scott Shawnee. Give me all you got Friday, 103.3 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Simulcast on 1420. One of uh, more popular guests that we've had on the show before is uh, is back to talk some football. Uh, you know him. Ryan Leaf joins me now. He is a busy man in the broadcasting world. He uh, covers football for a living now and uh, if you missed the interview he and I did this summer, you can go back and listen to it via the podcast. Uh, and we talk a lot about Ryan's journey today. We're just talking football, my friend. Good morning, Ryan. How's life, man? How are you? Hey, Scott. Uh, it's good, man. We're uh, we're in full force here in football season, and so it keeps us really busy. I'm in Kansas right now, getting getting prepared to call the Kansas State Texas Tech game on Saturday. Pretty good matchup between two teams that knocked off uh, knocked off some uh, Goliaths last last weekend. Yeah, uh, as as you predicted in some instances as well, man. Well, I want to talk uh, <laughs> college football with you. I want to talk points bet as well, uh, and, and Saints Vikings. But before we do that, Ryan, um, you know, uh, you're, I, I I guess I'll use the word unfiltered uh, on social media in a good way, right? You're transparent. It's the only way you know how to be. And, you know, you were pretty passionate last night watching what unfolded in the, in the Bengals-Dolphins game. And I'm not talking about the outcome of Cincinnati won, but uh, the, the concussion to Tua. And after he reportedly didn't enter concussion protocol five days prior, and everybody is, is, is sort of quick to get out in front of it. They all want to release a message. But as a guy that, that played in the league and, and knows folks in this sport, in this business, Man, for anyone that didn't see how you reacted, I'll, I'll ask you the morning after. What were your thoughts on what unfolded, and uh, just overall, what what happened to Tua? Not just last night, but over the last you know five six days. Well, I I, I feel like um, here is 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 twofold, right? It's it's certainly placed at the feet of the uh, NFL as well as the NFLPA, but also it has to be placed at the, the feet of the player too and simply because they do whatever they can to play and that's that's understandable i i would have probably and i did uh bones had to be coming out of my body for me to not want to be on that football field that's that's who we are and so there needs to be some some oversight that protects players from themselves i know it's not the nfl's responsibility i know it's not the nflpa's responsibility I think I'm more sick and tired of seeing the propaganda because I know who they are. They've told us who they are. They're not good people. They all they care about is money. So um, I, I, I've resolved that. I, I, I accept that. I understand that. It just I hate to see a statement come out like that saying they care about the players' safety. They don't. And so I'm not mad at them. They're doing what they do. But it makes it, it triggers an emotion in me where I'm like, just don't say it. 
don't don't put the nonsense out there. No one believes you. Stop it. I say I said that to the NFL for years and years and years, and 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 I continue with the NFLPA. I also have experience with this with this union. Right, it's my union, and so I have experience uh, of being uh, shown that they don't care about a, a player's safety uh, or a player's health or mental health or anything like that. So that's where that came from. I, I mean, it, it, it costs me nothing to just be honest. Uh, everybody else who, who wants to tiptoe around it uh, isn't doing anybody any favors. So that's, that's how I reacted. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. It's, you know, you use a, you use a, a um, profane word. It's like the end of the world and no. it's just the worst. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. No, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely. And, and I think it, Look, the way I look at it is when I'm around someone that just curses every five seconds, like it's it's whatever. But whenever it's not like your social media profiles are filled with tweets with bad words, right? <laughs> I guess my point is when you see one, it's like it, it. That's the point of it, right? It's it's a strong emotion. It's a it's strong words to really you know blast off a, a, a certain point or something you're you know you're passionate about and you care about and you know i i don't want to i'm not going to go out on this long memory road of, of bounty gate but i remember you know when the nfl did what they did with the saints i a lot of people are like oh you're just being a homer you just care about the saints i'm like listen this whole thing is bs all right the only reason i'm not telling you that they didn't have things in the locker room where they say hey I'll, 500 bucks to whoever you know hits the heart i mean of course that stuff's been going on for years it still goes on i mean devin white was right. on a video the other day saying it i'm not i'm not saying that that doesn't happen my point at the time was and continues to be the nfl had over at that point in time 8000 lawsuits on their desk in new york from former players uh which should tell you something about how they treat their former players but they they had to send out a message that all they cared about was player safety and you and I and anyone that you know knew what was going on knew that was BS. It was all just this big show and you know eventually Paul Tagliabue had to take over for Goodell and the players weren't even suspended and all this other stuff. But no one really remembers that. They just remember sort of the headlines and everything else because the NFL that's how they want it. They want you to feel like no, we really care about this. And while. They, I can, I can say that they have made strides in terms of concussion protocol. There's still a lot of holes in it. I mean, the fact that he didn't go into one reportedly last week is is asinine. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You could say, oh, it's his back. I mean, you still should probably go through the protocol when the guy gets up wobbly. And according to you know concussion protocol, if a player appears to be suffering any kind of neurological issue from a hit. They should be, you know, um, administered to. So it is what it is. It was unfortunate. You know, I know you love football. I love watching it. But at times, it's just a brutal game. And moments like that last night, I get why there's a strong reaction like that from so many. Because it's it's just a reminder that, you know, these are human beings. And it's, it's, it's a dangerous sport. And it can be brutal at times. Yeah, well, another thing I'm just, you know, uh, frustrated with is that you have four former players on that Thursday night pregame show, and not one of them said that Tua should not be out there, that it was too fast. And even at halftime after it happened, like there was just no genuine concern. They pretended like uh, this is just part of the game. And I, I, I guarantee you that if what had happened hadn't happened on Sunday, it wouldn't have been 
so quick to happen on Thursday night, right? There is a re- there's repercussions, there's consequences to to brain damage. I've had a brain tumor because of the trauma from playing football. So I, I, I understand all of that. My biggest concern is that, um, you know, just the propaganda that continues to be spilled by both the NFL and NFLPA, who I, I definitely think are in bed together. When you have two guys at the top making 40, you know, $40 million a year uh, to, you know, to, to really um, make it so they can continue to make this money-making machine go, uh, there's a problem. There is, there's, there's a bias to that, that that simply is not addressed. And it's a private company. They're, it's a private company. So I, I can't get up in arms. And, and they've told me who they are. I, I should have believed them a long time ago. I do believe it now. I just, I just simply, I'm not going to put up with their, if they're going to put out propaganda like that. I'm just going to, I'm going to call them on it. And, and, you know, that's not, it's not going to do anything. I mean, it's just, you know, me kind of, I think, screaming into a fan, to be honest with sure. you. Sure. I mean, look, I, I, in, 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 we're, look, there's a part of us that, I, maybe hypocritical is the wrong word, but knowing that what we're watching, what we're talking about, what, we kind of do for a living both you and I currently and how much football is is the driving force behind it like there's so much I can't stand about the power of the NFL and and how it's utilized from the top but I'm still going to be watching this weekend you know I'm still probably going to be screaming at the TV Sunday morning when the Saints do something dumb uh, or if their offense continues to play like I'm still I'm still gonna you know swing emotionally with the game uh, and then when a player gets hurt or there's there's something um you know, heinous that's done by the, you know, the, the, the robot up top, if you will, I'm going to be upset about it, but I, I hate to sound, I hate to sound like such a hypocrite, Ryan, but it would, I don't, it would take a whole lot for me to stop watching football. And, um, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I, 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 I hate what happens sometimes with the the power involved in it. And yet I just love the sports so much. And so I'm still going to watch it, you know? (laughs) Scott, that, that, that's not the that's not the problem. Like the players know. I knew if I I knew that it was a violent sport. I, I loved the competition. I loved the camaraderie. I wanted to play. This is going to happen. Like this is a violent sport, so this is going to happen. But you, you you don't need to continue to put players in the most vulnerable. Like you shouldn't have been playing. Right. That's the that's the, the point. Right. I I love football too. I love analyzing it. I love the the, the the orchestrated chaos uh, and the success that comes from it. There are different ways to protect, and the people at the at the at the wheel don't care, and that's the problem. Ryan Leaf, our guest at Ryan D Leaf on Twitter. Give him a follow if you're not already. Um, he um, you've you've heard him many times. You hear him on satellite radio. You've heard him fill in for for Rich Eisen or Dan Patrick, and those air on our stations. He also hosts the Straight Line with Ryan Leaf. Uh, points bet is um, you know, you're, I know you're a brand ambassador for him. A um, couple of odds I want to go through with you, if you don't mind, Ryan, while we shift gears into this Saints Vikings game in London, uh, and then I want to talk some college football with you. But uh, from a points bet standpoint, just before we get into Saints Vikings, fill our listeners in a little bit. I know they hear. You know, uh, DraftKings and and very a lot of different lot of different betting things. You have different places you can go as a consumer. But why is points bet something that you know you you wanted to get behind? And, and what do you guys offer to the sports fan? Well, I think that this is the the future of of 
football, uh, really any sport, sports betting. You know, it's an opportunity for people to stay engaged in a live conversation at all times, you know. And PointsBet was a, uh, an organization that simply believed in me. And I, I've been a bit of a mercenary, Scott, over the last, you know, six years in my broadcasting life. You know, everybody's wanted to work with me, but, but no one's really just <clears throat> stepped up and said, Ryan, we're behind you. We want to we want to be in business together. We want to make we want to build something from the ground up. And that's what PointsBet did. Uh, and I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity because I, I'm allowed a platform that um, that I that I'm good at and that I love to do, and so that was really important, and that's why I think there's a, a lot of trust between um, PointsBet and myself. And uh, you know, one of the big reasons why we're we're talking to you this morning is, you know, they were just able to launch in the state of Louisiana, the 12th state that uh, PointsBet is legal in uh, for sports betting in, in your state, and so. Uh, that's exciting for everybody involved who wants to, you know, have fun, be engaged, um, and it's a good way to um, also monitor and, and do things the right way. If there's ever a problem with gambling or anything like that, uh, you know, I'm a big, big proponent of that. You know, I'm in my recovery, uh, so it's a, I'm always looking for for those types of parameters and guidelines that that help people um, be the best possible version of themselves that they can be. No doubt. Ryan Leaf, our guest. Uh, this is 1033 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Uh, opening money line Saints at plus 110, Vikings minus 130. Current money line Saints plus 120, Vikings minus 140 per points bet. Uh, right now, Ryan, the Saints' offense is offensive. I mean, they've just, folks can talk about Jameis's injury, they can point to various reasons. Defensively, the Saints have a good club. Special teams, they've got a good club. Last week was kind of more of an exception of the norm. They struggled in that department. But what I my thing on the Saints has been, look, all this offense needs to be is just adequate. If they can just be close to league average, they've got the other pieces to win some games here. But it has been, um, it's been a chore just to watch. Offensively, They've had so many problems in the first three quarters of the first three games of the season. Over the course of those nine quarters, they scored 13 points. You know, they've, they've got 38 points in fourth quarters combined, but a lot of that is, you know, cosmetic yards and points. When you watch the Saints from afar, uh, what do you see as a guy that, you know, played football and, and covers it for a living? And, you know, what stands out to you about some of these uh, money lines or some of the bets at points bet as it pertains to the New Orleans Saints? Well, I think they've just been careless with the football. I mean, that's that's where where you make your bread and mud, butter in the NFL is you take care of the football because possessions are limited, and you got to make the most of them in this league. Their defense is incredibly good, and it has been for a few years under Dennis Allen. My biggest question with the Saints team is, you know, who were they going to be? What was the identity going to be without Sean Payton and getting Alvin Kamara back? And he was. He's just not utilized the same way, and you have the weapons on the on the perimeter that you need to take advantage of. Um, but Jameis, regardless of, to your point, his injury, you still got to take care of the football. And if he's not capable of taking care of the football, then you know he he can't be out there. And people complain about Andy Dalton, you know, check it down, dink and dunk, Andy Dalton. It is incredibly 
important that you don't turn the football over in this league, like I said. And if he continues to do so, uh, you're not going to win football games. And uh, I think they have a really hard time traveling to London and going up against the Minnesota Vikings team that plays plays pretty darn good defense. And when Kirk Cousins isn't on Monday Night Football, uh, seems to be a much different quarterback mm-hmm. with the with the talent that he has. So, yeah, I I, I like the Vikings here, um, even with, even with the points. Um, I think that uh, this trip is always always a close game normally in terms of teams having to both travel, be a part of the festivities, and then go out and play. I just the Saints haven't shown me anything to this point that says they're going to take care of the football in the most meaningful times in a game. I, I agreed. You know, I was visiting last hour with the Saints analyst, and uh, as much as I hope I'm wrong because I root for the Saints, they've shown me nothing offensively this season to make me think that suddenly they're just going to turn it on. And look, Jameis missed practice again this morning. Dalton, I, I at this point, I'd expect him to play regardless of what the Saints say. And, you know, oh, well, it's boring to dink and dunk, whatever. I know I'm, I'm paraphrasing, you know, um, <laughs> something that, that's – you know, hyperbole, I think, when it comes to, quote, game management and all that other stuff. I know these are all code words in the world of football, Ryan, but my point is uh, sometimes boring is good, and it's winning isn't boring, but when you have a good defense and special team, sometimes a, quote, boring offense is a good thing, and uh, maybe boring can get them a win Sunday. We'll find out, but uh, to your point about Kirk Cousins, you know, um, it's the afternoon in London, it's the morning over here, and it's an NFL Network game. It's not national game of the week that tends to be whenever he plays his best football for some reason man what from a from a psychological standpoint you know you were involved in some big games uh you know in college you guys went to the rose bowl what it, what's a locker room like whenever you're in prime time like because i'd imagine there is i mean the stats are just too lopsided to not point out the kirk cousins man when it's a prime time game he's just not good there, there's got to be some that can't be coincidence, right? So psychologically, when a team knows, man, this is a big spotlight for us. There are a lot of cameras. There are a lot more viewers. What can that do to a locker room, good or bad? I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with it. Okay. I, I think it is a just a horrible coincidence. Really, the guy just has not played well in those environments, and and not just him. Like everybody on the team, like the, the team as a whole, has not performed well. Um, the game was never, I, I don't, I can't tell you when I step on a football field, I know there's a little more energy, uh, because of the atmosphere. You know, I played on Monday night football. Uh, you know, I've played on Sunday night football. I've, I've played in every possible, um, situation you can think of in terms of, and, and none of it was different. Like the, the field's still 120 yards long and 53 yards wide and, you know, you don't know how many people in their stands. You don't know how many cameras are out there. Uh, it, it isn't, and it shouldn't be. And it may have it may have become something that's psychological with him. And I don't know if he's addressed it. Um, you know, you would you would think that because of those lopsided statistics that there would be some real um, you know addressing of the situation. But I I don't think for a minute it has anything to do with the fact that uh, it's a prime time game. I think it's just. I think it's just a, a, a very bad coincidence for, for the likes of Kirk Cousins and this Minnesota Vikings team. Wow. So 8-18 eight and 18 in primetime games. I don't think he's won a Monday night one, but uh, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Um, but, you know, uh, once I guess once you, once you lace up the boots, so to speak, like you say, um, it's like that. So I, 
I'm interested in your thoughts on some college football, Ryan. I know how tied in you are to it. It's something that we didn't really get to discuss uh, this past summer, but briefly, and I know this isn't sort of the topic of the week, but is a guy like you that, that played in the Pac-12 and uh, played in the Rose Bowl, conference realignment, man, and, and the loss of you know some traditional rivalries and history and stuff like that. I understand what drives conference realignment. I get it, but is it, is it just really difficult for you to, you know, pretty soon say, you know, USC and, and Rutgers playing a conference game? I mean, what is that? Is the next generation of players just never going to understand what the traditional geographical significance of these conferences truly was? Yeah, that's, that's, that's our history. Right? Um, so, you know, I think people just fear change, you know, because it's not what they've always known. And, yeah, there's some disappointment and some sadness around losing some historical matchups. But, like, I'm not going to miss out on, on Washington State-USC. I'm not, that's not, not going you know, to bother me that they don't play each other anymore. Uh, it, it wasn't a rivalry. It was fun to play, uh, you know, the Trojans down in, in South Los Angeles. You know, but it's, uh, I'm not too worried about any of this. I want, I want, I want the best college football. And there are an elite group of teams uh, in in college football, and they need to be playing each other, and not need to be. They don't need to be playing, you know, you know, Holy Cross on a weekend in in September, right? Uh, I don't want to see that game. I want to see competitive, hard nosed football every single weekend. And I ultimately think that we get to a place where we have the national. Collegiate Football League with two large conferences um, geographically set uh, in the United States, probably anywhere from 22 to, to 24 teams per conference. And NCAA will be obsolete. They won't exist anymore. And the college football playoff will have, uh, have rule over all of this. There'll be a commissioner. Um, that's the way we're going. Um, they're, the teams that, that aren't going to be a part of it are just teams that can't com- compete financially. It's just, just the way it is. And, and that's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. No matter what anybody else has to say about this, that, and the other, college football is going to be just fine. My alma mater will be just fine. They'll play, still play college football regardless of what it may look like. Uh, it's just the way of the world. This is where it's going. It's based around money. And the presidents of these universities are going to make these decisions based on a spreadsheet that gets placed in front of them. And though unfortunate for some diehard fans, um, we're going to get the best college football out of it and that's all i ever wanted your alma mater almost had oregon last week man uh almost four and oh the uh the cougars look like they got a pretty good squad this year ryan they do they have a good football coach fortunately they continue to just uh, and this is this is systemic for whatever reason with washington state is they just find ways to you know you know steal the Steal the loss out of a, a, right. a gripped win, you know, up six, up twelve points with six minutes to play at home on Saturday. You have to win that game. If you expect to be taken seriously, you have to win that game. And unfortunately, uh, they didn't. And so we'll see how they bounce back against a really good Cal team this week. Um, but I do like their head coach. I like the way he goes about his business. Uh, he's a defensive, tough-minded guy. Uh, that's got everybody in Pullman and, and and Cougar fans out there smiling, and that that necessarily hasn't been the case for some time at Washington State. 
Ryan, last thing for you. College football this year feels like, you know, Georgia, Ohio State. Bama had a scare against Texas. Probably should have lost. They didn't, though. But um, g- give me, you know, maybe Michigan. Like, is it? Is this just kind of a three- or four-team race, or is there another team out there that you feel like, you know what, watch out. They're coming. They could get into the college football playoff. They're not being talked about as much as the Georgias or the Bamas or the Ohio States right now, but they're they're legit. I, I, I think Oklahoma State, I think USC, I think University of Washington, uh, I think those teams are playing incredibly well, but there is a large gap between number one Georgia and everybody else. Uh, so it, it may ultimately be the Georgia Bulldogs that repeat and once again win a national championship because the, uh, the separation is so great. But I think that allows for some of these other teams to get into the conversation, to get into the dance like a year ago where, where Michigan and Cincinnati got in. Now, no, neither one of those teams was, go, was going to beat Alabama or Georgia a year ago, and that will be the case again this year. But I do think there's a couple teams um, outside of maybe, let's say, Ohio State um, that, get into the, that get into the playoff this year. And that, that will be fun. That will be good for the fan base. Fan base of the college football to see something new, to see something um, different when when the college football playoff comes to fruition. But I just I do not see a team right now closing that gap. And I know we're only four weeks in, so there there easily could be a time where where Georgia comes back to the field. But right now, Georgia is just is just blowing away uh, the competition once again. Ryan Leaf has been our guest at Ryan D Leaf on Twitter. Uh, follow him uh, on social media. That's how you can get more access to all the other stuff he's doing. Uh, he's a busy man working in the football world, also a brand ambassador for Points Bet, which just launched in Louisiana uh, about a week and a half or two weeks ago. Uh, one more time, Ryan, uh, if you want to plug Points Bet before we let you run, my friend. Well, I think it's just, you know, it, it's just an opportunity for for sports fans to be more involved, right? You know, with their ability to do it live, you know, you, you can, you can be active within one game, like watching the game last night, you could have been active for all 60 minutes of that football game. Um, and the way you think you see and the trends that are happening, because, you know, when you watch a football game, you see how things are starting to kind of go, the momentum, the shift, the change. And now you have at your fingertips, the ability to interact with that and uh, and have some fun uh, and uh, maybe make a few few dollars here and there and that's that's always a good thing. That's right, Ryan. I appreciate it, man. Uh, all the best. Glad you're doing well, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. You bet, Scott. Appreciate the time. You got it. That is Ryan Leaf.